Kia ora and welcome to Jules from NZ, a weekly podcast chocker with all things Aotearoa New Zealand and some about me, Jules. Cheer. Kia ora, tēnā koutou katoa. Hello and welcome back to all of you f- to Jules from NZ. Today I'm feeling a little locked down in my house and thought it might be nice to explore the country in another way, seeing as I can't get out and about in it. So we're going to be talking about Aotearoa New Zealand geography. Treasures from the vault. So let's start with some basics. Aotearoa New Zealand is a island nation. Most people, if they know anything about how we look, know us to have two islands. The North Island, which looks like a little like a wonky upside down crucifix that kind of curves to the left a little and the South Island which looks a bit more like a Morrow chocolate bar on a slight angle. Maybe you also know about the third largest island which is that little dot at the bottom of the South Island called Stewart Island. But what you may not know is that New Zealand is actually made up of around 600 islands. Many of these little islands are remnants of the much larger landmass of Zealandia now beneath the sea. The amount of islands we have give us a coastline of 15,134 kilometres or 9,404 miles. New Zealand actually claims the ninth largest exclusive economic zone in the world with extensive marine resources covering 4,083,744 kilometres squared. That's 1,500,000 576,742 square miles. Well, numbers are really hard. Anyway, that is more than 15 times Aotearoa's land area, which is crazy. And speaking of size, everyone thinks of Aotearoa as a small place, but actually New Zealand is the sixth biggest island nation and the 76th biggest country in the world. When there are approximately 195 countries, then we're not doing that badly. The three largest islands actually stretch 1,500 kilometers, that's 930 miles, across latitudes 34 degrees to 47 degrees south. And we have a land size of 267,710 kilometers squared, that's 130,000 360 square miles. So, in fact, the South Island is actually the 12th largest island in the world. I know that's hard to picture, so I had a look around to see what we compared to so you could grab some facts because I could say numbers till the cows come home, but what does that really mean? So, USA, you're up first. If you laid down Aotearoa New Zealand on top of California State, for example, we would take up about 66% of that space. And you could fit about 37 of us inside the United States, like all over. UK, you're up next. If you laid down New Zealand on top of the United Kingdom, we would completely cover you because we're actually about 10% bigger in size. Although we do have about 90% less population living here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. So that's pretty interesting. And I know people listen from all over the world. So I've actually gone through, had a look at the stats on Anchor to see where you guys are listening from and I've listed as best I can from that so that you have the info here. So Argentina, we're 10 times smaller than you. Australia, 
we're 29 times smaller than you. Norway, we're only 20% smaller than you. We're nearly the same size. South Korea, we're nearly three times bigger than you. Canada, we're 37 times smaller than you. Netherlands, we're about six times bigger than you. Italy, we're nearly the same. We're about 10% smaller than you. Hungary, we're nearly three times bigger than you, mate. Pakistan, we're just under three times smaller than you. Germany, we're about 25% smaller than you. So, nearly. Uh, Singapore, we're 374 times bigger than you. Uh, Japan, we're about 30% smaller than you. Venezuela, we're about three times smaller than you. South Africa, we're about five times smaller than you. And Austria, we're over three times bigger than you. Okay, so let's move on to other facts about New Zealand. Hopefully that puts the size in perspective. Firstly, I'm going to tell you where some of our biggest cities are. So Auckland is our biggest in terms of population and area, and that can be found near the top of the North Island. Christchurch is actually the next biggest in both area and population, and is about halfway down the South Island on the East Coast on a little outcropping that looks like a little bit of caramel spilled off the Maraba. Wellington sits on the bottom of the North Island, basically in the middle of the country. And despite it being our capital city, Wellington only comes in at third biggest. And that's because it is actually made up of four cities with four councils. Yes, that is very annoying. We split the councils into Wellington, being the CBD area, which is the third biggest. Um, Lower Hutt is actually the sixth biggest in terms of population. Um, Porirua, that's where I live, is the 10th biggest, and Upper Hutt is the 18th biggest. These splits essentially halved Wellington's sides, but even together, Wellington would still only take up about a third of Auckland's entire space. Aotearoa has some pretty serious mountain ranges. In fact, about three quarters of New Zealand is higher than 200 metres above sea level. And I've talked to you about its numerous volcanoes previously. Basically, without going full science on you, that's because of the fact that we sit on top of two tectonic plates that are constantly grinding and riding each other. That sounds way dirtier than I meant it to sound. Like, so New Zealand is just a place where a lot of grinding and riding happens. Okay. Um, these are the Indo-Australian plate and the Pacific plates. They are the cause of New Zealand's numerous earthquakes and volcanoes. They call it the Pacific Ring of Fire because of the very frequent volcano activity. In fact, where quakes usually centre in Aotearoa, and I say usually because tell that to Christchurch or Napier, and I think their tra massive, tragic earthquake history would see them super disagreeing with that statement. But anyway, where it usually centres is the top of the South Island, including Wellington, where I live. The uplift in the Indo-Australian plate actually caused the Southern Alps, which is a mountain range which runs down almost the entire length of the South Island, with a narrow wet strip to the west called the West Coast and a very dry Canterbury to the east. The rainfall on the West Coast actually enables hydroelectric generation that provides most of the country's power, which is crazy. It's super wet. Uh, the Southern Alps contain 18 peaks. The highest in the country is um, Aoraki or Mount Cook, uh, which is 3,724 metres or 
12,218 foot. And it also contains huge glaciers, such as the beautiful Franz Josef Glacier, along with 359 others. Although, despite all these peaks, there are actually no active volcanoes in the South Island. They're all in the north or in the offshore islands. There are many uh, volcanoes in New Zealand. Uh, so many, I can't actually really find a straight answer as to how many. Um, but currently, as I write this, only Ruapehu and White Island are showing any kind of form of activity or unrest. And actually, that's pretty standard here. Anyway. So we got some seriously unlivable spaces in our country, is what I'm trying to explain. And it's kind of what keeps the population numbers down. We are not flat, and you cannot live on the side of a mountain. So we're more limited than other places in terms of where we can grow cities. And as you can imagine, with all of these mountains and glaciers, we must have some pretty serious lakes and rivers distributing the water flow from that, right? And we do. We have about 3,820 lakes with a surface area bigger than one hectare, many of them used for reservoirs for hydroelectric projects, although they only cover about 1.6% of the country. We actually suffer a fair bit of flooding at times because of all of this runoff water, and water pollution is a pretty significant environmental issue here, but I'll cover more about that another time. Lake Taupo is our largest lake found in the middle of the North Island and measuring 62,000 hectares with a maximum depth of 163 metres. The Waikato River that flows through Lake Taupo is our longest river at 425 kilometres or 264 miles and although there are hundreds of waterfalls and rivers all over the country, the Hooker Falls on the same river is the most impressive and most visited. The flow rate is actually regulated through control grates as part of their hydro planning and the water rushing down often approaches 220,000 litres, that's 58,000 gallons per second. And a fun fact for you all, the Hooker Falls featured in a national scandal in February 1989 when the body of cricket umpire Peter Plumley Walker was found downstream with wrists and ankles bound. The resulting investigation exposed the Auckland bondage scene and dominatrix Renee Chignall was acquitted of his murder after three trials. So stop by to see this infamous waterfall while you're stopping in uh, Lake Taupo in a super easy to access and gorgeous selfie spot and I would recommend it. The waterfall specifically, but if you're into bondage, that's cool too. You do you, bro. <laughs> anyway, let's move on and talk about the climate here. One of the most misunderstood things about Aotearoa New Zealand is that people think the temperature must be the same everywhere because we're so small. You know, how could it possibly change through the country? Well, let me correct you because it really does. With the mountains, the westerly wind that we usually get, and the oceanic environment, this can mean lots of different things depending on where you live. As I've said previously, the west coast of the South Island is very rainy and wet, with the Fiordland region in the southwest getting between 5,000 and 8,000 mils, that's 203.10 inches, of rain per year, with up to 15,000 millimetres in isolated valleys putting it amongst the highest recorded rainfalls in the world. But if we're talking cities, it's actually Hamilton that loses here. Sitting underneath Auckland, they're actually the wettest. 
and Christchurch, sitting just on the other side of some seriously wet mountains, is the driest. Weird, huh? The UV index can be very high and extreme in the hottest times of the year in the very north of the North Island. In fact, that's because Aotearoa's relatively small air pollution compared to other countries and its high sunshine hours, like we've got a lot of sunshine time, like with most areas receiving over 2,000 hours per year. The sunniest areas like Nelson and Mountainborough and Bay of Plenty get more like 2,400 per year. Of course, that's nothing on California's average of 3,470 hours of sunlight per year, but compared to UK's 1,493 hours, it's no wonder they look pasty compared to us sun-bronzed Kiwis. The warmest months in the north are in February, whereas the south gets warmest in January, but we're talking pretty different warms. Dunedin, down in the end of the South Island, gets up to 19 degrees Celsius or 66 Fahrenheit in summer and down to 10 degrees Celsius or 50 Fahrenheit in winter. Compared to Tauranga's northern 24 or 75 in summer and 14 or 58 in winter. The warmer temperatures of the north mean that we grow a lot of fruit up there. However, the whole climate change factor is becoming a bit of a nuisance as the winter wasn't cold enough to get good flowers on the kiwi fruit recently and it put a bit of a dent in production. However, the climate suits dairy farming very well and livestock thrive all over the country, which is another major issue we deal with as the greenhouse gases generated by farming and agriculture generate over half of New Zealand's climate change emissions. All those methane cow farts that help the plants grow are going to hurt us long term. So we look at that and we argue about it all the time, but more on that another time too. The last thing I want to talk to you about is another little known fact, even by Kiwis, that Aotearoa New Zealand actually has two time zones. And if you include dependencies of Aotearoa, there is actually three, although you're unlikely to ever need the other ones. New Zealand's north and south and most of the other islands are all situated in one time zone, NZST, which is UTC plus 12. But it wasn't always. New Zealand was one of the first countries in the world to officially adopt a nationally observed standard time. New Zealand Mean Time, adopted on November 2nd, 1868, was 11 hours and 30 minutes ahead of Greenwich Mean Time, or GMT. It wasn't until 1941, during World War II, that clocks were set forward 30 minutes, increasing New Zealand's offset from GMT to 12 hours, and the time change was made permanent by the Standard Time Act in 1945. Then in 1974, two years after Coordinated Universal Time, or UTC, was set as the International Time Standard, New Zealand's Standard Time, or NZST, was officially defined as UTC at plus 12 in the Time Act of 1974. But here's where those other islands complicate things. The Chatham Islands form an archipelago made of 10 islands about 860 kilometers or 434 miles east of Christchurch. They have a separate time zone, CHAST, which is 45 minutes ahead of mainland NZ, making it UTC plus 12.45. Now, I skipped over that wee drop of information before, dependency of New Zealand. Yep, that's a thing. 
the realm of New Zealand is something I'll go into much further detail in another episode, but let's talk a little bit about it right now. Um, in simplified terms, the monarch of New Zealand functions as a head of state. The realm of New Zealand is not a federation, it's a collection of states and territories united under the monarch. New Zealand is an independent and sovereign state. It has one Antarctic territorial claim, the Ross Dependency, one dependent territory, Tokelau, and two associated states, the Cook Islands and Niue. The Ross Dependency has no permanent inhabitants, while Tokelau and the Cook Islands and Niue have indigenous populations. The United Nations formally classifies Tokelau as a non-self-governing territory. The Cook Islands and Niue are internally self-governing, with New Zealand retaining responsibility for like defence and for most foreign affairs. The Governor-General of New Zealand represents the monarch through the realm of New Zealand, although the Cook Islands actually have an additional Queen's representative. Interesting, right? So anyway, more on all of that later. The reason I was telling you about this is because Tokelau has another time zone, TKT, which is actually UTC plus 13. Also interesting to note is that TKT doesn't observe daylight savings, so their time actually never changes through the year. Okay, so this episode took me a while to write up actually because there were so many interesting things about New Zealand that I wanted to share with you and I had to do a lot of editing and it's still massive. So I hope you've enjoyed learning a bit more about Aotearoa New Zealand's geography and if you have any questions regarding things you didn't understand or things you'd like to hear more on, please don't hesitate to drop me a line. I'd love that very much. News Nuggets. I would be remiss if I didn't drop a bit of information about how New Zealand is doing here during the COVID-19 pandemic, but I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, so basically here's some highlights. Sex toy sales are up massively, 60%. We've fallen in love with Ashley Bloomfield, a New Zealand public health official. He is the chief executive of the Ministry of Health and the country's general uh, director general of health, and his sound expertise and endless patience, alongside Jacinda's open communication and motherly advice, has been everything. They're getting us through this. Uh, some morons genuinely think that the coronavirus was caused to hide a 5G conspiracy, and they're attacking cell phone towers in a time when we desperately need them, including one actually just down the road from me. And if it had been my uh, cell provider, I would have been really, really pissed. Um, so stupid. Uh, this Easter, we had a zero fatality road toll, which kind of makes sense considering we have checkpoints everywhere to stop people's bad excuses for travel, uh, including things like, I just felt like going for a drive. So stay home, you idiots. Anyway, we're endlessly proud of Nurse Jenny, who stayed with Boris Johnson in a tricky time for his corona recovery. Uh, Burger King is in receivership, and I'm sad I may never again taste a barbecue bacon double cheeseburger or Hawaiian BK chicken again. And our Prime Minister declared that the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy are both essential workers. Yes, those are some highlights from our news lately. And now for what you're probably waiting to hear, I guess, maybe, or you're expected to hear, let's talk about it. Blah. Our COVID-19 cases are at 1,366 confirmed currently, with about 17 new cases today. And the number is trending down still, so that's good news. 
but we have had nine deaths, all older people, 15 are in hospital, four others in ICU, and one in critical condition. The good news is that 628 people have recovered from COVID-19, with over 50,000 tests that have been carried out so far. We're managing to flatten our curve of contracting it. About 40% of the cases are linked to travel overseas, um, but we're talking about potentially longer than four weeks of total lockdown, or that has not been confirmed, and there is a lot of people arguing that we shouldn't be in lockdown because they don't think it's necessary, because look at the numbers, but... To that I say, we've been in lockdown. Of course the numbers aren't going to be too bad right now, idiots. Anyway, that's really all I want to say about that. And that's it. I just want to say a wee personal thank you to my gems and an apology. I'm sorry this has taken me so long. Who knew that lockdown would make me less motivated to do things? So to my gems, Lucas, Scott, Glenn, James and Jason, I love you all very deeply and could not do this without you. You keep me motivated um, because I feel guilty. Uh, yep, that's why. <laughs> so thank you um, if you're enjoying listening to Jills from NZ please give the show a review on your platform of choice it all helps immensely uh, you may have seen recently that um, Jules uh, all over social media Facebook uh, Twitter and Instagram that's J-U-L-Z-B-U-R-G-I-S-S-E-R um, all over those platforms is doing a thing called Dressolation Diaries where I wear a different dress from my wardrobe, one for each day that we've been in isolation and pose for something stupid in it or maybe even do, um, I've been doing some YouTube videos and some of them, um, the next YouTube video which I filmed today is due out in a few days um, is all about um, rogue, uh, ranger training. I've already done rogue training, Jules, um, but this one's about ranger training. And let's see if I am any better at being a ranger than I was at being a rogue. So, enohora, kakite ano, and uh, kia kaha. Stay strong and stay safe and stay home. Bye.